welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Got a good group today. We'll be discussing the 28th verse of the Tao Te Ching. We have Lori and Brian and Derek and Oscar so far. Good to have you guys on this uh, holiday, almost holiday weekend in between in the U.S. Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know I've got my family coming over a week from today, just before Christmas. And we have caught up on posting the podcasts. So this one will start going out once a week now after the recording is produced. So you should be getting a new one weekly after this. So got a lot of good content that was placed about every four days over the last couple of months. So go back and listen to some of those if you missed. Some of the best content, I think, that's shown itself. Any announcements, go to buddyc.org under resources. Uh, There's also a list there of ways to stay sober before, during, and after the holidays. You can actually download the PDF. You can even post it in your meeting on the announcement board if you wanted to. be a great way to do some easy service because just because you're not suffering does not mean someone else is not. So it's a great way to do some service. All right. Any other announcements, guys? Okay. The 28th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Who would like to read a translation for us? I can read Mitchell. Great. Thanks, Derek. Okay. Yeah, this is a Stephen Mitchell one. Verse 28. Know the male, yet keep to the female. Receive the world in your arms. If you receive the world, the Tao will never leave you, and you will be like a little child. Know the white, yet keep to the black. Be a pattern for the world. If you are a pattern for the world, the Tao will be strong inside you, and there will be nothing you can't do. Know the personal, yet keep to the impersonal. Accept the world as it is. If you accept the world, the Tao will be luminous inside you, and you will return to your primal self. The world is formed from the void, like utensils from block a block of wood. The master knows the utensils, yet keeps to the block. Thus, she can use all things. Thank you, Derek. You're welcome. Anyone else? Hey, buddy, I'll read the Jeff Pepper in clear English. Thank you, sir. All right. It says, uh, know the male, but maintain the female. Be a mountain stream in the world. Be a mountain stream. The day will remain. The constant day will remain. Returning you to being a newborn. Know the bright, but maintain the dark. Be an example in the world. Be an example. The constant day will not fail. It will return you to being limitless. Know your honor, but maintain your disgrace. Be a valley in the world. Be a valley. 
The constant day will satisfy, returning you to simplicity. When the simple comes apart, the sage uses it as a tool. He becomes a public servant, and great systems are not shattered. About rereading that part about he becomes a tool. It said, when the simple comes apart, the sage uses it as a tool. Okay. What's the rest right after that, Brian? He becomes a public servant. Okay. And and great systems are not shattered. Thank you. That part about being a valley to everybody and with any kind of spiritual experience always talks about the mountaintop, so to speak. But all your sustenance is in the valley. It's not on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lori? Yeah, this is from Ralph Allendale. Um, The fusion of opposites. To know the masculine and be true to the feminine is to be the waterway of the world. To be the waterway of the world is to flow with the great integrity, always swirling back to the innocence of childhood. To know yang and to be true to yin is to echo the universe. To echo the universe is to merge with the great integrity, ever returning to the infinite. To know praise and be true to the lowly is to be a model for the planet. To be a model for the planet is to express the great integrity as the primal simplicity, like an uncarved block. When the uncarved block goes to the craftsman, it is transformed into something useful. The wives craftsman cuts as little as necessary because he follows the great integrity. Thank you, Lori. If you want, I can read Jonathan Starr. Thank you, Oscar. Make it complete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Hold your male side with your female side. Hold your bright side with your dull side. Hold your high side with your low side. Then you will be able to hold the whole world. When the opposing forces unite within, there comes a power abundant in its giving and unerring in its effect. Flowing through everything, it returns one to the first breath. Guiding everything, it returns one to no limits. Embracing everything, it returns one to the uncarved block. When the block is divided, it becomes something useful and leaders rule with a few pieces of it. But the sage holds the block complete, holding all things within himself. He preserves the great unity, which cannot be ruled or divided. Thanks. Thank you, Oscar. I think the whole idea here may be, or one idea, returning to the uncarved block. How do we in our life return to that place of surrender we talked about the uncarved block a week or two ago the block has no control over how it's used or what it's used for and i think spiritual practices for me anyway are showing me how to return to that place of surrender that place of pliability that place of yielding 
so that I can be used. Let's use Stephen Mitchell being we all have that one in front of us, I think, as our outline. Anyone have a comment? Wave at me or raise your virtual hand and I'll call on you. Anything about the first stanza? Know the male, keep to the female, receive the world in your arms. If you receive the world, the Tao will never leave you and you will be like a little child. Receive the world. The Tao will never leave you. Oscar? Uh, those, uh, this, the whole first is a mystical thing, kind of esoterical thing. And it's a lot about energies and com- being complete. And um, I think there are a lot of references in this to self-cultivation with your body like the uh, did and but it's critical for us um, but what I can take with my western brain from this first uh, uh, lines is uh, uh, don't suppress the unseen don't suppress the dark sides don't suppress the quiet things the stillness but uh, accept it as being one energy. Something like that is for me uh, could be helpful to look for one energy that is in kind of balance with the surroundings. So when I find this balance in this energy with the surroundings, it's also about accepting, I think. Accepting is a tool to make this energies of peace working and flowing so i think for me it resonates as accepting and peace and looking for peace and working with energy that's as far as i come thanks brian yeah i I like to go to uh derek lynn has some explanations it helps me to absorb some of this stuff and one of his first comments is says it's really right along uh, with Oscar shows what a brilliant guy he is. It says, know the advantages of being forward and active, but keep to the principle of quietude and tranquility. We need both yin and yang to be truly complete. I like that part where it says we need both yin and yang to be truly complete. We need to be, we need to be open to both sides of uh, uh, be open to the good and the bad. I really hate categorizing things like that, but I don't know what other words to use, but it's, I like his, his comment on that, his explanation. A lot of it. I think Brian is coming to that point in our thinking that it's not black and white thinking anymore. This is good. I like this. I want more of this. This is bad. I don't like it. I want less of this. How can I get rid of this and get more of this? When in reality, of course, we all like to be comfortable. We like to be happy. We like all the good things of life. I remember a quote, an AA quote, one of the daily reflections. When things, uh, what was it? When things are good, 
I'm grateful. When things seem bad, I'm learning, was more or less the quote. And that's the way I have to approach everything. That, If things are bad, doesn't mean I have to resist them. I just have to accept them. And life is life, and life's going to happen, and life is a combination of everything. So it's our attitude in life's challenges. I was always taught growing up, or maybe this is just, maybe I wasn't taught this. It's just what I gathered from uh, my religious experiences when I was younger. If I'm doing the right things, everything's going to be good in my life. I don't know if I was actually taught that. I believe I was, but it doesn't matter. I have learned that's not the case. Actually, I started questioning my religious beliefs when things did not turn out the way that I had believed them to turn out for the first time. When that started happening, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. My life is not supposed to, this isn't supposed to happen. And then I started seeking, and here we are. It's interesting that in Stephen Mitchell, he says that you receive the world. Didn't say you judge the world, you receive the world. And if you do, the Tao will never leave you. Doesn't say everything will be perfect, it just says the Tao will never leave you. And you will be like a little child. I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have thought that would be the next sentence. I would have thought the next sentence would be maybe I will never leave you and you will always be triumphant or something. You know? <laughs> something like magnanimous sounding Oscar. I think this without judgment is uh, um, it could be a central thing in this. If you if I relate this to um, recovery I think, okay, if I look at the whole picture, so also the, my negative feelings and my character defaults, before I can give them away or let them go, I have to acknowledge them. And when I acknowledge them without judgment and just as energies, I can acknowledge it for what it is. And then, and this is sixth step for me. So, where I find myself willing enough to let it go, I have to, in this phase, I have to acknowledge all the negative or negative. It isn't even negative if I don't judge it. <laughs> so it's just it. But let's, for the sake of language, call it negative. The negative things, the, way, the things I impulsively don't want or want to push away or throw away or go over it or don't want to experience or whatever, but they are there. And then when I get rid of the judgment, I can really acknowledge it for what it is. And and when I've acknowledged it, then I can ask quite humbly uh, to God to take it away. Or in a more psychological sentence, I, I would say, I let it go. Um, so I think this judgment we have about the dark sides or negative sides or is very can be very annoying and very uh, uh, like it's the boss of us and it decides 
uh, what we do. And but to let this judgment go is, I think, the beginning of becoming like a child. Oscar, could you saying that a little different? Could instead of judgment, could you say that you've stopped resisting? What yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, it's the same. The judgment is often the same as the resistance. Exactly. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in our Zen meeting, we were talking about uh, a quote that was made was that in death, you finally drop all resistance. There's no more resistance. And I thought about that and how pertinent that is to us and what we discuss, because what we're talking about is resistance to what we don't want, really. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lori? Oh, I thought it was interesting that it's tilting in one way. Um, so I can remember growing up and thinking, writing some poem when I was young about uh, the middle way. Like, always look for the middle way because that's the path of least resistance. It's funny you just brought that one that up. So the path of least resistance is the one where there's no extremes involved. Um, I don't have to be that over the top emotionally or in judgment of opinions, politics, anything, really. It's just a beautiful way to be balanced and uh, middle way. And in this, it's interesting in the back of this book, it's it has a little commentary also. I'm not sure it's accurate, but it, the fact that it's tilting towards the pop, t- towards the feminine, acknowledge the dark, but keep to the light, acknowledge the masculine, but keep to the feminine. It's taking sides. I find that really interesting. And it could be because our current culture, what this book says is our current culture is so not that more on the masculine and the aggressive and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and destructive of nature as opposed to in alignment with nature. But I don't know if it was like that when he wrote this. It might have been a more matriarchal society then. I don't know. But I just find that interesting. I've never seen it take sides <laughs> before. Really gently, obviously. But so, no, yeah, that was brilliant. Thank you. It's almost as if, Lori, the Tao is always where it is. Do we move in that direction rather than it taking our side? Does True. That- okay. Yeah. From that perspective. Yeah. I get it. Like it's to- just acknowledging where, how we move around. Yeah. The Tao is the one thing that's unchangeable. Everything else is changeable. Well, and it reminds me of the set aside prayer again, buddy. It comes up almost every meeting is I set aside everything I believe everything I think everything I hold to be true because it may not be like that at all so that's that whole idea of judgment and just being willing to be that ongoing innocent the innocence of childhood the innocence of just open-mindedness too just to pause thank you Lori that idea that what was our job when we were three years old and what was my job at three? It wasn't to make a living. It wasn't to be concerned with dinner. You know, when I was in the first grade, I didn't come home and knock on the door and ask if I could come in and have dinner. Would it be okay if I stayed tonight? I know some people don't have um, 
very loving childhoods, but I did. I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. My only jobs were, first of all, everything I had, I was given. I didn't earn. I was to share what I was given and do what I was told. And that was pretty much it. And enjoy myself. Those really are the three things. Yeah, that's good. What you reminded me too of, Lori, was the Tao quote that, uh, talking about that actually, the Tao does not take sides, but is, is always on the side of the one who forgives. When you forgive, you move to the Tao, in other words. Okay, second stanza. Know the white, yet keep to the black. Be a pattern for the world. If you are a pattern for the world, the Tao will be strong inside you and there will be nothing you can't do. So that's telling us the first stanza tells us to receive the world. The second stanza tells us to be a pattern for the world. I'm moving to the third. If no one has anything there, that seems to be pretty much together. Um, a pattern the world if you're a pattern let's talk about this a second doesn't mean you dominate and control the world but you're a pattern for the world in other words the attraction rather than promotion that we see in recovery i think that might fall in the same realm that we're a pattern we're an example we don't make something happen we don't control and dominate and obviously, we get that pattern from the Tao. Oscar? I think I remember um, Alan Watts' his reading where he explains the word, the Chinese word Li, which is the patterns in nature. So when you look at the water, you have all these, uh, uh, how do you say it, waves, little waves, or uh, the, yeah, it's full of it. The patterns of flowers. The patterns of leaves, it's a kind of natural, the nature is full of patterns. And here it says, okay, if we can be like a pattern, then you are at peace. Yes. There's a kind of uh, spontan, spontan, how do you say this? Spontaneity. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> Spontaneity <laughs> and a kind of natural being or the natural way of being. I recognize this in these patterns. Thanks, Oscar. Know the personal, yet keep to the impersonal. This is the big one. Accept the world as it is. If you accept the world as it is, the Tao will be luminous inside you, and you will return to your primal self or some of the others, I think, call the primal self the uncarved block. It's all back to acceptance again, isn't it? <laughs> like everything. Derek? Yeah, this is the one that got me the most. But I'm glad we spent time on the first two, because now I see a lot more in those. Also, but you're right, it does feel like this is the big one. It leads up to this. And uh, yeah, I just highlighted, accept the world as it is. Um, because what I got from this when I first when you first when we first read it was about being honest with yourself about what the world is because I have a lot of illusions and or desires and wishes for the way I want the world to be 
And, and if I'm not really paying attention, that's how I operate in my standard default setting. And it's not the way the world is usually. And so that ends up being like, I guess that it, you said something earlier that I hadn't really thought about that how the Tao means the way. It never occurred to me that like, that's also a path. I mean, that's one way to conceptualize it. And so I'm definitely off the path when I'm not accepting the world as it is. Um, well, you can't be I, like a child, Derek. You can't be like a little child and be carefree if you're not on the path. If you're doing your own thing, it goes back to the third step with that, too. You're carrying things you're not designed to carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Being like a child, too. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because a child is, he just received, they just received. They're like a sponge. But then once we know some stuff, we think we know some stuff now. I'm done receiving. I already have an idea about what this is. You're this, you're that. And I start categorizing everything. And, and it, I, move, I guess I move away from the Tao because, frankly, it's not good. It's when I start deciding I know how you are and how this is. And um, instead of accepting it. And that's, to me, again, it's just to me, it goes back to an honesty of, like, okay, this is what it is. And can I see that for what it is? At least what my eyes and ears and whatever their other senses can perceive it as it is. Because, I don't know, it's interesting. You brought up Alan Watts earlier. I listen to a lot of his stuff, too. And I know we've talked about Michael Singer, too. And it's like, we can only perceive so much in our... I think Alan Watts talks about some of that. We're not... We're kind of limited in our perception, aren't we? Already, as humans. Like we could see a certain amount of the spectrum. We can only hear certain frequencies. Yet, I think I know it all some days or sometimes. And that's definitely when I'm like, even though it might feel good for a little bit, that ultimately that's where I end up getting in trouble, frankly. But yeah, so that's interesting. And return to your primal self, which maybe that's similar to the child thing too, I think. I think so too. Look at the progression of the Tao. In the first stanza, the Tao will never leave you. The second one, the Tao will be strong inside you. The third, the Tao will be luminous inside. And then you return to the uncarved block. Is that not surrender? The uncarved block? Do you, Derek, have you thought much about what he means by the uncarved block? You're the block of wood, and you're uncarved, meaning that you're open, willing, available for whatever the master wants to make you into. Yeah. With no That's getting rid of the judgment that we talked about. That's getting rid of all those things. And you can be made into whatever is needed with no resistance, no knots that get in the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about the luminous inside you? That's interesting. Yeah. What, what did the other ones say there? Because I think of meditation when I see that for some reason. Well, because you see all the pictures of the. Yeah. <laughs> with all the light shining. Uh, virtual will return. There, there's different ways of saying that, but that's. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Brian. 
Yeah, I was reading Derek Lynn's comment, and it says, uh, I keep hearing the word uncarved block, and it he made a comment about that. It says, I translate poo, poo, pu, the most important character in this line as plain wood. It is often mistranslated as uncarved block. Pew represents simplicity, plainness, and potentialities because a plain piece of wood has the potential to be carved into many different things. Right. And I thought that was interesting how he called that out, just kind of being nitpicky in a way. But it uh, makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Brian. Laurie. I noticed, or I related back to a Rumi quote about unstruck. If you think about the bells, or um, uh, that's what I think of as bells, like church bells, when you strike them. Before you strike them, there's all sorts of possibilities. And I think that's one idea, but also unstruck, not even formed into a bell. I don't know. That was in one of the translations, too. It says newborn boundlessness as opposed to child newborn um, anyway, yeah, I've always, that's in one of the little meditations is to be unstruck. Again, set aside, clear the decks, people. <laughs> Don't assume anything. Beautiful. Yep. Thank you, Lori. Oscar. Uh, it's really, uh, I think it's really what the whole big book is about. It's ego deflation. So, when I when I was born, I was just consciousness. I was just a being. That's it. I was a being. And slowly, my story developed, and my, my ego uh, was created by my sur- surroundings and by myself. And uh, that went the wrong way. And now I am in the big book, and I'm doing twelve steps. It's really an ego deflation program. Uh, so I thought about this when you mentioned surrender, because surrender is really all the time when I surrender completely, I feel like, okay, now I am. I just am. So it's nothing more and for sure nothing less than being without all the stories, without my name, without my profession, without my friends. Without a fellowship, without everything, I'm just, I just am. And when I go from this into my day, I have, I feel a kind of joy and peace and natural acceptance, which is a really wonderful, uh, state to be in. <laughs> and then the fault, of course, I make is that I want to be in this state and I desire this state. And then I go wrong, wrong, wrong exit. But yeah, something like this. So the surrender to be an uncarved block, which is the wrong translation, I understand. But to be, what was it? The woods? A plain piece of wood. A plain piece of wood, yeah. Yeah, really nice. nice. Used for anything. Yeah. Special. Um, You know, Oscar, another translation of that, I was looking at the Jonathan Starr, is one's natural state. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Without a story. 
Yes. So the story is in my head, but it doesn't exist. So it's not a natural, it has nothing to do with nature. It's just what I make up, like everything is made up. Yeah, it's all made up and it's all disappears and it's, it comes and it goes. Like what Lori mentioned about, uh, what was that, Lori, being a child, but it was like the beginning. How was that said? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, the newborn. Yeah. Being the world's revived of eternal unfailing powers to go back again to be newborn. That's from Ursula. Huh. Being newborn. That's yeah, and Unstruck has that same essence, I think, too, where you're just uh, emptiness is what Moody called different gurus, whatever. Christianity, they'd call it being born again. <laughs> they really would. That's right. the point. See, what we don't realize, what I'm starting to realize for me is all of these paths are the same path. We think they're all different because they don't look like the path that I'm on. But I do believe that every step is on the path. They're somewhere on the path. They're not the same place I might be. And I might, you know, and sometimes I think I'm ahead of them or sometimes I'm behind them. I don't know, but we're all on the path. So I have to give them room. I have to receive them as part of the world. Quit my judging quit my labeling and accept them as they are. Then I can return. Once I'm accepting things as they are right now in this moment, I can return to that place of unstruckness. Is that a word? Yes. Yeah, that's good. And the landmark forum I did decades ago out in Los Angeles and the weekend that was all the weekend was about was identifying your story on different levels, your roles, and just waking up to the fact, to the idea that you're so attached to it and that there's not necessarily anything true about it. I remember being so pissed off and so disappointed at the end because I thought I already knew that. But uh, it's interesting. I think I agree. I do agree. It's just a matter of tweaking it and different people's interpretations of Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism. It's all going the same direction. It's just a matter of how you hear. You know, it's like us all having our own love language, our own God language. You know, we each have our own native tongue. And just because yours sounds different from mine doesn't mean that mine's better than yours. Brian, man, this is really a this is really a struggle for me because I just keep going back. I'm so judgmental, man. I just keep going back to like, everybody can't be right. And long story short, I got a friend of mine who, uh, you know, in recovery, it's like the land of misfit toys. You bond with people you now that you had nothing in common with, and th- this guy would refer to his higher power as God. And he attended church and, uh, you know, and anyway, long story short, I hadn't talked to him in about a month and I get a text from him that he's had brain surgery and he's got terminal cancer and this guy's got months to live. And I, and I wake up that morning and I read his text and I knew I needed to call him that day. But anyway, man, I'm just, and immediately I go back to, 
now what? Now what? And I replayed those times of him saying, my higher power is God, that I worship at church. And Anyway, that was just what come to mind for me, man. I, I really need to do some work around that. Let's talk about that for a minute, Brian, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> everyone, if everyone can't be right, everyone can't be wrong either. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so the whole point is stopping your resistance to allowing them to have their opinion. It's not yeah. that you have to yeah. agree. Yeah. Just allow. Don't resist them and let them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've already had a partial miracle because I'm able to keep my mouth shut, but it's what's going on up here. I, I guess bottom line, if I'm going to get really honest while I'm already this far in, it's everybody's wrong and Brian's right. Oh, no, really? I don't know what you're talking about, Brian, because I never think that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all got me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. Isn't that the whole is being free from having to be right? Yeah. The freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That is real freedom when yeah. you don't have to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. So your friend or there's nothing to judge there. There's just someone to love mm-hmm. to be available yeah. for. That's all there is. Yeah. See, then you take yeah. the judgment. You receive him as he is. You, know, you can all, you offer no resistance. You show him a, a pattern of love, and you accept him as he is. Then you have a light that can shine. Mm-hmm. That's not yours. It says that yeah. that will be luminous inside. Not Brian will be luminous. The Tao will be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was a difficult conversation. I didn't know what to say to the guy, but I did make it clear. What can I do for you? What can anybody in the Monday group do? What can we do for you? Is that bringing you a meeting? Is that coming and picking you up? You just let me know what you need. uh, That's that openness, Brian. That's all we can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then when we have them in the car, we don't try to explain why he's sick or why or any of the, this is what me, I, this is how I approach those things. I just love them. Mm-hmm. I had a guy in the nursing home. Anyone's heard me much, heard me talk about Jim W. Um, he told me when he said, buddy, I'm dying. He was in his early eighties. I said, Jim, I'm dying too. You just may know when yours is coming and I don't. I said, let's just enjoy today and leave it at that. He said, yeah. oh, let's do that. And so that's what we did every day. And it ended up being a couple of years before he died. Yeah. So what I'm saying is those are things we don't know. Those are things we have to stop resisting or speaking for me. I have to stop resisting. Just accept it like it is and see how I can. Yeah. Help. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. This guy was talking about his places where he has these tumors and he's a He's a bougie dentist, and and we've connected. We've kind of got the same personality, and he was just he was talking about his problems, and he said, man, I'm just going to let her run. And I was like, holy cow, that sounds exactly like something I would have said. 
and we both he just kind of laughed and i was like yeah <laughs> that's it it's all you can do man and uh so yeah just accept him where he is and and in that regard, yeah in that regard you're being the uncarved block you're being your natural self because mm-hmm. you're open and available and being able to be a light mm-hmm. yep. wow wow thank you brian thank you, thank you. i want to read the last stanza from mcdonald it seems to are you guys got some comments i'm sorry I saw some hands pop up. Anyone? Uh, <clears throat> Mine's real quick, Oscar. I just he made me think of a quote from the outlaw of Josie Wales: "Get busy living or get busy dying." Yeah. That's, um, Thank that's, you, Derek. Um, Josie Wales. And I just wanted to uh, be in relation to Brian. Oh my gosh, I can be thinking all the great things and do the shit do horrible things and I can be present one second and go on the next and mean and holy crap, where the heck did that come from? The judgment. One of the things I absolutely dig about the big book was it has instructions. Nobody gave me instructions on how to be happy, joyous and free. Now implementing them is a whole nother thing, but yeah. So I just wanted to, I can relate. Thank you for sharing. You know, and it all comes back to us introducing day into this. So T.E., the Tao Te Ching, introducing virtue in some way. How can I be helpful? How can I get compassion into this situation? What can I do for you? That is love. That is virtue. It's not these great, huge, could be great, huge things, but more times than not, it's those little things that we do. This one little action after another, ignoring what we're thinking and taking the action. And then eventually we realize our thoughts start to change. But the actions come first for me. The block of wood is carved into utensils by carving void into the wood. The master uses the utensils, yet prefers to keep to the block because of its limitless possibilities. Great works do not involve discarding substance. That seemed a little more clear to me than the last stanza in Mitchell. The world is formed from the void, like utensils from a block of wood. The master knows the utensils, yet keeps to the block. Thus, she can use all things. The master's open. Oscar. Give me a nice uh, uh, exercise. Exercise or exercise? Exercise. Exercise. Is that a word? Exercise. I don't think. Unless we're going to cast a demon. Exercise. Let goes on an exercise. To change the word block for consciousness. Okay. So. I do the last stanza in Jonathan Stars. When the consciousness is divided, it becomes something useful, and leaders rule with a few pieces of it. But the sage holds the consciousness complete. Holding all things within himself, he preserves the great unity which cannot be ruled or divided. Or change. Yeah, or changed, or yeah, of course. The only yeah. thing that doesn't change. I, I heard yeah. in our actually 
Craig, uh, Scottish Craig, a long time ago said, you should really listen to the podcast. I said, I can't listen to myself. He says, no, you should listen to it. You'll get some things out of it. And he was right. Mm. And I was listening to the podcast and I heard us talk about the changing versus the unchangeable. And you know, we're taught coming in recovery that the only constant is change and everything's changing all the time. But yet there's one thing that's not changing. And that's our concept of the moment, love, compassion, the Tao. It's the unchangeable. And what we're trying to do is touch the unchangeable with something that's changing when that doesn't work. We the, the beauty of it is that we are in the unchangeable all the time. Yes. And, and we are part of it. We are it in a way. Because otherwise we wouldn't see how things can change if we were changeable. If we were changing together with the changeable, you don't see the change. But we see the change. So if you see the change, we must see it from something unchangeable. <laughs> I've got a quote, which will be good to help close us out today. This is, I got this from James Bean, Spiritual Awakening Radio. This is the book of Murdad. Okay. And it's talking about the wheel of time. I'll just read the whole quote. One is the road of life and death. O monks upon the rim of the wheel of time for motion in a circle can never reach an end nor ever spent itself. Talking about the wheel and every motion in the world is a motion in the circle. Shall man then never free himself of the vicious circle of time? Man shall, because man is heir to God's holy freedom. The wheel of time rotates, but its axis is ever at rest. God is the axis of the wheel of time. Though all things rotate about him in time and space, yet he is always timeless and spaceless and still, the unchangeable in the axis. Though all things proceed from his word, yet his word is timeless and spaceless as he. In the axis, all is peace. On the rim, all is commotion. Where would you rather be? I say to you, slip from the realm of time into the axis and spare yourselves the nausea of motion. <laughs> Let time revolve about you, but you revolve not with time. I look through some of his God language and different things there, and you, you see that the idea that the Tao is the axis and we spin out here and we're, you know, and that we can be free of all of this motion and nausea by being in the center, which is talked about through the throughout the Tao Te Ching. Uh, I thought that was a good analogy of uh, the changeless versus all the things that change. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I heard that and I said, I've got to use that. So that's going to show up in a devotion soon, I think, too. Or part of that, anyway. Anything else, guys, before we close? What a great conversation today. What a great conversation. Y'all have a great week, and hopefully we'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. 
These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.